Hey everyone, and welcome to Unison Christian Church, the podcast. We exist to change our community with the life-changing truth of Jesus, elevate a culture of love and holistic growth, and serve as a family built on hope. Our desire is that today's message helps you discover fresh new ways of connecting with God. Now, here is today's message. uh, This is a week of celebrating Um, If this is your first time here, my name is Chase. I get to serve as the lead pastor, and and I am glad that you are here. Um, But uh, I have, this whole time over here, um, there has been a song that has just been echoing in my heart that just before we move any further, I just need to get it out the way, and then we'll move, I promise. Okay? I promise. Great is... Thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And so I say that, I sing that, and that's been in my heart this morning, because our God is crazy faithful, crazy faithful. (laughs) Um, I, I don't know if anything could have brought me down this morning. There's a sign out in the front that says, welcome home. And, um, uh, and the title of the sermon is called Welcome Home. And, um, and Candace already talked about it, and I'll just keep on praising God for it, um, that this is our home. Uh, signing on and owning this building is more than just a property. And so I get to tell you the story. I get to tell you the story. Um, so... Uh, Unison is six and a half years old, uh, and I have to apologize. There's no way to tell this story in order in terms of how things played out, so I'm going to tell you in how they unfolded. <laughs> um, and uh, before we launched, uh, uh, we felt from the Holy Spirit that the, where, the place that we needed to do ministry was the 49507 Communities. So that's this zip code. It's one of the, it is the largest zip code by both area and population in the greater Grand Rapids area. It is also the part of Grand Rapids that has the, the most even spread of ethnic diversity. What do I mean by that? There are parts of Grand Rapids that have more ethnicities in them, right? Kentwood has way more different kinds of peoples. However, the population is still overwhelmingly white, right? If if you're new here, we're a multi-ethnic family. We talk about race like you talk about shoes, right? It's a part of what it is to be our family, and it's okay. And this is a big part of today's story, trust. So, so as we, uh, so that, that even spread, though, um, is, was a part of something that we, that we saw and we said, Lord, may we be intentional to look like that spread here. And so that, has, that was the journey from the beginning. And there was a moment where I was praying through, I was driving through the neighborhood, and I turned on to Kalamazoo from Burton. 
and um, the Holy Spirit said, um, uh, pointed out this building and said, you should get to know the pastor there. I said, okay. <laughs> so I pulled over into the Islamic mosque that's down the street. And um, I pulled into their parking lot, Googled the name of the church, Hope Christian Reformed Church. Uh, and I, um, uh, and then found out the pastor, his name is Peter. And he and I had lunch together. And then over about the, over three years, we developed an incredibly close friendship. Uh, this, uh, when some of you have been a part of Unison from the beginning, and before we launched, we're like, we're going to do a church tour of all of, as many churches as possible in the 49507 zip code. And we went from church to church just learning about their systems, learning about their structure, asking pastors, what do you see here in the 49507 communities that we can be a part of in terms of being a blessing to the world around us? And this was the first church that we visited. <laughs> Uh, it was Jan the first Sunday of January 2015 is we were here and Peter and I developed this relationship to the point where we were working out together at the Croc Center three days a week like we didn't just become like pastor friends in the neighborhood like we became brothers uh, and as unison was struggling in the early years of our life Hope was struggling in the latter years of theirs, um, and it just was what it was. And so as they were ending, we were on the elliptical and the treadmill, praying for each other and talking each other down off cliffs, <laughs> because there was a moment where Unison was struggling so bad financially, and Peter was the one I was confiding in. And there was a moment where the board at Hope was just not with Peter at all. And I was the one praying with him. And so when they closed, Peter advocated for Unison to actually just be given this building. He said, like, went to the board and he was like, board, I, like, I know a church and it's the perfect church for this area. And he was the one who said, let's give the, the, uh, the building to Unison. And, um, and it's because he had been praying for a multi-ethnic church here because he knew that's what was needed. Um, and his board said no. His board said no, and um, they gave it to an all-white church um, that has several campuses, believing that they would do a campus here and that they would be able to see things happen here. That church Harbor churches, they came in, did an assessment of the neighborhood, said the best thing here is a young multi-ethnic church. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so they, uh, so they, uh, they said, they talked to Peter. They said, Peter, do you know any young multi-ethnic churches? <laughs> and Peter was like, yep. <laughs> Peter connected us, and then we started uh, uh, renting this space. Um, it was their initial intent um, to give us this space, too. Um, they said they wanted to do what was a blessing to this neighborhood. And, um, and uh, their denomination said no. <laughs> and um, it is because we're not a part of the same denomination. All of this matters. The denomination said no. And so they then, over time, we developed a relationship more than just pastor friends. Uh, 
They have been a blessing to us financially. Um, some of you will remember we had interns in the beginning, uh, you know, like when we first came here. They actually gave money to the stipends for, those, for, those, for them to be here. Um, they uh, replaced the roof every single time there was a boy. Like, they're landlords, so they should do that, right? Well, <laughs> that wasn't a part of what they signed up for. Um, it wasn't something that they knew. They constantly gave. And then when the denomination said that, they, that we, if you're going to give them the building, they need to buy it. And they said, okay, well then, um, we believe that if they have to buy it, that they should set the price. That is what they said. They went and they fought on our behalf to their denomination saying that, and so we got, a, we got an appraisal. $870,000 was the appraisal, and, the, and their denomination was like, yo, we want all eight hundred and seventy, dollars and they said, nope, whatever the price is that Unison sets is what it will be, and they stuck, stuck to that, <laughs> and so then we, uh, over some time, really sat and prayed and discerned and sought the Lord, because we also wanted, like, if we had said $100, it would have been $100, let's just be real, but we also wanted to be like, that's not what you do to friends. Amen. That's just not what you do to friends. Amen. It's just not. Amen. It's okay. It's all right for us to know that. So it's like, okay, Lord, what can we afford? Where are we going? What do you see that we can't see? And so we gave them a number. We actually gave them two numbers. <laughs> we said, all right, we feel like it was stretching. Like, we feel very comfortable with 250. And we feel like it would stretch us a bit to do 300. And so they said, how about 275? And we said, fine. That's how we actually got to the number where we were. And then, pause. When I was 14, I told you I can't tell you this story. It, it had, you can't, it doesn't happen chronologically. When I was 14, I lived in, uh, on Jefferson yes. near Burton. If you're not as familiar with this area, uh, uh, Jefferson is like two streets from Division, so I lived really close to Jefferson and Burton, and I used to walk to school. I used to walk to Ottawa Hills, right up the street. And I would walk, and I had a disc man. Some of you know this story. Had a disc man, okay? Early 2000s, had my disc man. Had to make sure that I had it on, like, skip protect, because, you know, like, <laughs> like some of, right? You got to make sure there ain't no dust. Some of you kids like, disc man? What is that? It was an iPod that had a disc in it. <laughs> and when you stepped, it would skip because that's what happened. So anyway, I would always listen to music on shuffle. And so I woke up one Monday morning, got ready for school, was listening to Karen Clark Shear because I love gospel music. And, uh, and I put it on shuffle. Before I heard the first song come on, I had a sense and had a, for whatever reason, and I knew what the first song was going to be. And so I, I was like, oh, that was kind of fun. And then as the first song was ending on shuffle, I heard what the next song was going to be. And then that happened again, and then the next one, and the next one. And by the end of the CD, I was like, that was crazy. And then the next day, woke up, got ready for school, started walking. I was listening to Yolanda Adams. And same thing happened. Before the first song played, I knew what was going to play. And then the only thing different this time on Tuesday was 
the same voice telling me what song was going to play asked me what I wanted to hear. So <laughs> she was like, what? <laughs> like, what? So I set a song on the CD. That's what song played. At the end of that song, I knew what song was going to play next. And then at the end of that song, what do you want to hear? And we went back and forth. And you would think that, like, that would kind of freak you out as a 14-year-old. But for whatever reason, it didn't. Well, part of it was I grew up in a context where I had learned that God wants to speak to me. Not everybody grew up in that context. So I had grew up in a world in which hearing things and dreaming things and getting, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? What's that? Signs and wonders were normal. That was Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I was listening to Yolanda Adams again on Friday, and the same thing happened, except the difference was at the end of the CD, there was silence and the same voice that was talking to me about the songs said, this is my voice and you're going to be a pastor. And I didn't, I re, I've always remembered that story. That was the moment I was called in the ministry. Um, God has always done this thing with me where if he's saying something that's going to happen in the future, he always pairs it with a Bible story. So immediately I thought about David being anointed king before he was appointed. And I was like, oh, thank you, God, because <laughs> I, I can't do that. I'm too young. I'm telling you that story because I didn't actually really remember this. I didn't, I, like, it didn't matter when I was 14, but it mattered a lot when we first moved here. I started praying through the neighborhood again, and the Holy Spirit reminded me that well, I was about 100 yards from this building when he said that I was called to be a pastor. <laughs> I was literally looking at the building when he said it. So back to where, back to where we are. Huh? <laughs> the price is set it's 275000 and we start raising money and y'all like y'all push when we push play on that y'all like started giving which is so good we started raising what we needed and then there was one barrier after another barrier after another barrier after another on their end, on our end, on their end, on our denomination's end. And then at some point, Candace and I were in the office like, okay, Jesus. <laughs> like, we feel like you are telling us to be here, but it's incredibly challenging to make this happen. And so one of the things that we, that we say here is there's nothing sacred here but Jesus. Nothing. So if this isn't where you want us to be, just make that real clear and we'll find some other spot. <laughs> it doesn't matter that we've already put it in motion. It can, all, it can stop at any point. Nope. One thing after another, it took some incredible work on Candace's part and some strong advocacy on my part. I actually remember talking to one of our leaders in our denomination and saying that it's my job to advocate for unison. And so at this point, what you're asking me to do is to give up, up $600,000 of relational equity because it doesn't check a box. And, that's, and at that point, I said, that would not be poor stewardship on our part. It would be poor stewardship on yours. This is how God, God has done something to provide for our church family in ways that you don't see urban ministries provided for. And it is our job to press into that. And if we don't, 
then it's not going to be because we were poor stewards. And then some things started changing and some things started shifting and we started moving a little bit faster. Then we got another bump and then another barrier. And as we were getting closer to the end of like all of the, you know, drawing up all the paperwork, this, uh, I want you to see this picture because you won't be able to read anything. But in 1929, there, the deed on this property the, uh, initially read, it's hereby understood and agreed and a part of the conditions of these present and as building restri- restrictions, dot, 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 said premises are not to be occupied or sold to colored people. It was affirmed, it was written in 1929 and then reaffirmed in 1931 when a part of the land was sold and then three other parts of the land was sold off in 1942 and every single time it was there. And when this land was purchased by a church, every, the church that purchased it Every single pastor and every single congregation was all white. (laughs) Until we moved here. (sighs) Before we got here, fam. Before we got here, there was already strongholds and barriers and principalities set up here before we even got here but I also want to say out loud before we even got here God was already unraveling them that's why I said I can't tell you in like any way in which makes sense like chronologically because it's like God was working before we even got here before I even knew half of y'all before any of this happened God was already unraveling a principality that had set up shop on this land our God has redeemed this space Dee. It's more than just us buying a building. It's more than us just not having to move next year. Somebody gave this land to Satan. I'm going to say it like that. Somebody gave this land to sin. And I know they didn't think, it, think about it that way when they put that on there. Because, well, that's what happened. Somebody gave this land to sin. And said, sin, you get to set up a permanent residence here. But God. (laughs) Hey. Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's nothing, literally nothing that's going to happen today that's going to bring me down from that. So. The sermon it's called Welcome Home. But we're in Ephesians. And that is absolutely coloring this sermon. 
It's not a normal sermon. So if you're new here, you're like, okay, what's our rhythm? This isn't normal. You just joined us at a really weird time. (laughs) But it's coloring the sermon, and there's no reason, and there's no way we can't actually talk about it. There's no way we can't. Uh, There's this other picture. It's just kind of zoomed in. Um, If you want a copy of that, I've been sending people copies of that. So just email me, <laughs> and I'll make sure I get you a copy of it. Uh, I, it was as we were getting close to signing the documents that, I, um, that this kind of praise, God is breaking a hundred-year-old curse today. <laughs> that kind of praise that was inside of me. We talked about it as a lead team, and... And then I called the, the pastor of Harbor Churches, and he and I talked. And I was like, hey, so did you catch that part in the D where it was talking about that? He was like, oh, yeah, we saw that immediately. And we have been, as a lead, leadership team, praising God that that is changing. <laughs> like, they saw it, too. And so I just thanked him on the phone. I'm like, thank you for fighting with us. That's what we do as the body of Christ. That's what it looks like when, when Jesus says in the kingdom or, and that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That's what that looks like. That's what it looks like. So, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. This is Paul talking to the church of Ephesus. He's uh, the, the church planter, if you will. He started the church. When I first read that, I was like, oh, I feel that way about my family, too. (laughs) And this is the part that is most exciting. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. I'm stopping there because that's the part when I had read that this, this week that I had to just kind of stop for a moment in the office and pause and praise God, that God has put all things under the authority of Christ. And that is enough reason for us to be excited. But he continues. He's made him head over all things, not just because he that bad. Like he, like God is, I mean, Jesus is a bad dude. But it's not just because he's that, he's not awesome specifically for the benefit of the church. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of our God's power for us who believe him. 
This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. This is one of those moments where I had a whole little praise break in the office. Because <laughs> I know that Paul is not talking about our, you know, property purchasing journey. <laughs> I know that. I know Paul's not talking about that. I know Paul's not talking about the the restrictive covenant put on the deed of this land in 1929. I know that Paul is not talking about the fact that that uh, policies and structures and systems were literally put up as we were purchasing this building to make it impossible for us to do so. But God, I know that Paul isn't talking about that, but it still applies to us. I want us to see the glorious power of the mighty God that we serve that has placed all things, all things, everything under the authority of Christ. I know that we talk about that. I know we talk, and it's really abstract when we talk about it sometimes, but let us make it super concrete. All things, restrictive covenants are under the authority of Christ. Deeds that say that y'all can't be here. Did you notice it didn't say it couldn't just be sold to, can't even be occupied by colored people. Y'all can't even come in here and use the bathroom. Listen, let's just be real. That's what it was saying. You can't rent it. You can't own it. Don't even come in here placed on the authority of Christ. He gets to be the one to write a line through that. He gets to be the one to scratch that off on the deed. He gets to be the one that says, yeah, this is my body though. He gets to be the one that says, I'm doing something different in this land and I want all of the people around to see that I have authority here. I don't care what you put on the deed. I have authority here. Tell you, I had a whole praise break moment in in the office. You would have went in there. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Listen, shoes off, pacing in the office. This is the power of our God. And I know some of you are like, yes, I know, but those restrictive covenants were done away with in the Supreme Court in 1948. That doesn't stop the fact that for over 100 years, the only people to own this land actually lived within that restrictive covenant. Because principalities don't care nothing about your laws or your Supreme Court. They don't care nothing about it. They actually work within it sometimes. Muddy it up. But God. Amen. <sighs> Later on in Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us to be suited up with the full armor of God. But right before that, It says that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. There were moments where Candace and I thought that we were arguing with leaders and denominations. 
But after I saw this, I was like, oh, that's what you meant by we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and heavenly realms. Oh, that's what you meant. Oh, that made this whole journey make sense. Like, honestly, it just made the whole thing make sense. Because <laughs> before, it didn't make sense at all. I'm like, literally, like, this is the easiest thing ever. <laughs> Why are we making this difficult? Oh, because there's a principality here. Got it. I want y'all to know that because some of you have been trying to climb uphill your whole life in certain areas that you don't know a hundred years ago. Somebody set up a principality there. And you keep getting up to a barrier and you stop because something inside of you is telling you that it's too difficult to get there. But God is saying that if we press through it, we'll, it'll make sense when you get on the other side of it. You'll be able to actually see the principality. Man... This hundred-year-old curse, none of us would have ever known anything about it. I absolutely believe that God showed us that on purpose. It was actually one of the people making it difficult for us to purchase this building that pointed it out. (laughs) And then he, too, had a moment of saying, oh, I see what's happening here. I didn't even know that was a thing. And it got real easy after that. Got real easy after that. We don't have much of a reflection and action to speak of, but I want you to know this and it's only a few words. God is with us. I know, listen, I know that we say stuff like that. And like I said before, it's abstract. And it is our responsibility as the church to point to when it's concrete. Because there'll be times in our life where the only thing we can depend upon is the abstract reality that God is with us because we can't feel it. Let it be known now and forever. Church fam, God's with us. God's with us. He's doing war in heavenly realms. He's breaking up stuff that was put here a hundred years ago. He's the one laying foundations in ways that we could never imagine. And 15, 20, 30 years from now, we'll be able to see what he was doing if we just remember he's with us. And let me just change it and say, God's with y'all. He's with you. That's not just abstract. That's not just something we tell each other so we don't feel like trash at church. It's truth. It's truth. The reason we keep saying it is because there's a pattern of God revealing it over and over again. He's with you. And I know, I know that it's a part of the trick of Satan to use the fog of the moment where we're fighting to trick us into believing that it's not true. We, us, our family, we have a testimony that says otherwise. We have a testimony that says otherwise. That's the reason why the children of Israel told over and over and over again about about God delivering them from Pharaoh. It wasn't because they needed a history lesson. They needed a reminder. We have a testimony of otherwise. We have seen God move. We have seen God do things. There's no way in the world a six-year-old church plant, multi-ethnic urban ministry, with a budget of less than $190,000, 
should own this building. But God. <laughs> some of you are like, oh, you didn't know our budget was that low. <laughs> some of you are like, what? Yes. That is what it is. That just is what it is. I'm not ashamed of that. That's, our God doesn't care. Just like principalities don't care about your laws, my God don't care about your bank account. <laughs> He's the one who will do $600,000 of equity in relationships, and he's the one who does that. And all we'll do is sit back and say, thank you, God. Some of you haven't had an opportunity to walk all around this building, so you've only seen the circle. You'll get to see what God's done. It's more than just this floor. There are people... There's more than just our ministry housed here. There are three other ministries housed here. There's other ministries that rent here. There are businesses that are born out of this building. And may it be so as we continue as well. God's with us. God is with us. And every single power and principality that has been set up against us. We are careful to live his word. I'm not just saying we got favor for favor's sake. If we're careful to live his word, fam, let's just be real. I'm going to say it out loud. If we're careful to live his word and represent him well in the earth, he starts ironing out wrinkles. Doesn't mean that we don't have to pray sometimes and sit down in the office real quick. Doesn't mean we ain't got to fast sometimes. Because that's, that's our part of the fight. But then he'll begin to reveal, oh, this is the thing I'm breaking up. And I want us to know that that's not just for this household. That's for our individual households too. Live it. Represent them well where you are. And I promise you, I can say with confidence, not just because I've seen it this week. I've seen it over and over again in my life. I promise that he will start doing more for us in places in which we can't touch. He will start breaking up curses that you didn't even know were there. And he'll show you just to reveal how good he is. So that our praise is that much more robust. here's what I want for us that's the only reflection we have that's it God's with us that's the only reflection we have be encouraged family the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead that same power is with us day in day out when it doesn't make sense to you naturally. It could be a great moment for us to start asking God what's happening in the heavenlies. I learned that. Just be honest. I learned that. I had to learn it again. <laughs> in this process, oh, there's something else happening. Have you do me a favor if you're able stand with me. I said I know that feels weird because we normally end with reflection and action and there's a bunch of stuff not this week it's crazy 
I said it earlier, some of us have been up against stuff and it doesn't make sense to us why we're navigating. We can't quite figure it out, but it's a pattern that we've lived with perhaps our whole life. This gets to be one of those moments where we get to just live in that truth that God is with us. And so I just, just we do this sometimes where we kind of in our, in our hearts and in our minds pretend that we're holding the thing. <laughs> the thing that has me bound. The thing that is a barrier to me. The thing that is keeping me from being able to live in what I know is the fullness that Christ has promised me. The thing, dot, dot, dot. It's not like some magical, mystical thing. Just sometimes we just get our bodies involved so our spirits truly get it. And so some of you know you got a thing. And I'm going to encourage you to just put it in your hands real quick. makes it difficult for me to truly embrace and feel your love sometimes. I got a thing, God, that makes it difficult for me to live in the freedom minus that thing, God. I have a thing, God, that makes it difficult for me to find steady employment. I got a thing, God, that makes it difficult for me to keep my finances together. I have a thing, God, that makes it difficult for me in my relationships because they keep falling apart around me. I got a thing, God. Oh, but you see it. And you see the seed that was there. Father, I surrender the thing to you. No longer do I want to hold on to it. No longer do I want to hide it from you. No longer do I want to even, I don't want to shelter it. I don't want to shield it. I want you to see it and I want your glory to shine all upon it. Pluck up the thing that is very real and allow me to live in your freedom. And the moment you feel like it, I just tell us, just let our hands go. <laughs> just, just pull them apart and just let it fall at his feet. Something that we will never pick up here. We'll never pick up here the idea that any people or person are excluded from God's house. Period. There's no restricted covenant to this land. Never. Period. That's something that we've been able to officially let go of and we won't be coming back to. And I want you, that thing you just dropped, we got to have that same thing because there's a part of us that there's a, this land actually wants to go back to that rhythm. Just let it be. There's a part of me that will be tempted to go back to it, and I need to remember that I left it at his throne. Remind myself moment by moment. Tell somebody the thing you dropped today so that they can ask you too. Hey, you, you picking that up? And they're like, no, I ain't picking it up. <laughs> so, Father God, I thank you that you have done a work in us and through us you have done a work to redeem this space. You have done it. You have done a work not to just redeem this space, God, but to, for the benefit of your church specifically. 
patterns that we've lived in, God, that do not reflect your redemptive work, we leave here at your feet and say, God, that you do the miraculous of washing, cleaning and sanctifying us from it. Teach us, God, to see. Teach us to see what you are doing in the heavenly. Teach us to see it. Point to it for us, God, so that when we come up against them, we know how to be suited up in armor and fight with our prayer and our praise and fasting, but also, Lord, so that we know to give to you what is yours. Give to you what is yours to do battle with. Lord, we continue to praise you. We thank you for our home. We thank you for this home. We thank you for every life that will be transformed out of this home. God, we thank you for every way we will be plugged into this neighborhood because of what you've done here. We thank you for the way in which your redemption will spread through this space like a virus. And every single restrictive covenant, every single principality, and every single power, God, will be unhinged because of your work here. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom, discernment, and empower us afresh to be a witness for you in this place. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love y'all and see you next week. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and believe others could benefit from hearing about us, please remember to share and subscribe to Unison Christian Church wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also catch us live at unisongr.com or on Facebook. See you next week.